Hi, and welcome to the Accounting Excellence After Show podcast for July 2019. I've just come out of the TV studio where we did Data, the fuel that drives your accountancy firm, with Chris Downing from Sage. Hi, Chris. Hi. With Nick Park from Green & Co. and Paul Dono from One Accounting Online. Hi. Uh, Chris, you're our sponsor this month, so thank you very much for that. Um, it is the hottest day of the year, and I, I, I've got to give it to you guys. You know, you gave sweat, you gave everything. You know, you came out of the studio. It, it felt like you'd given everything there was. There was literally an atmosphere in there, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, it's, it's, uh, pretty, it's pretty hot in the after party yeah, as well, yeah, I have yeah. to say. But do you think you know we achieved what what you ha- hoped to from that podcast? You know, is there anything that we didn't manage to wrestle to the ground that you'd like to pick up? I think with? what was great about the podcast it provided a really good teaser in terms of what's possible because we had three really good, let's say, key examples of how you can use either headline information, monthly information, or actual transaction information to provide something more than just the year in accounts and tax, which is all about creating conversation. And I think in terms of what was probably left in the room or the opportunity to discuss about is maybe Sage's opportunity or appetite to actually delve even further into that whole business insights environment in the fact that if an accountant's actually nailed the efficiency of their practice, They've got all the data available from their clients in real time. How do they actually, without any effort, deliver all those pretty dashboards, all those insights, without any effort at all? Therefore, any person in the accountancy practice can have those conversations with their clients and also de-risk those conversations. So I think there's a really good, let's say, future in terms of actually how accountants can use data in a different manner. Uh, Nick, Paul, any, not so much regrets, but anything you, you'd want to add that you'd wish you'd got, got across during the session that you didn't? Um, it's a vast topic. We could be here all day. Um, so I think we got the, the, the basics and what, what is available. Um, you know, as Chris said, what is about is a, it's a good taster. Um, but I'd say, you know, you've got to learn the products. There's a really, really good online tutorials as well. Get into those and spend that time, um, time dealing with it and choose what you want for clients, but also be open with new products that are in the market as well. And I mean, for me... The big hole that we've got, um, certainly we're struggling to cope with in our practice, is this the, the accounts file section, where which hasn't been satisfactorily um, digitised yet. Um, so that's an area that we're actively looking at and looking at the products that are available to see if there's anything that's going to f- uh, properly fill that hole. Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on, you know, we... I, I kind of came up with the phrase halfway through was like the data culture within the profession. Um, I think, you know, we'd probably all agree, you know, you guys are living it. I think you, know, so you, you embody the data culture and you are our kind of, you know, pathfinders from the accounting excellence community. Um, actually, on, on, on behalf of all the other accountants, you know, who haven't won prizes and things and got nominations, and I'd like to thank you because I think you were re- really generous with sort of, sharing you know the ideas and the actual approaches that you've done but also I, I found it really valuable just even you know as I watched you presented it that you actually gave us those examples of and, and you know from quite a simple uh annual projection you know the last year this year and, and next year projection that you, you produce at Green & Co you know you even that was like a really good starting point for at least having the conversation but you know the so, so those examples really are, it, it's it's well worth watching the webcast just to get a, a, a look at those kinds of tools and get ideas from them uh, but but that idea the data culture um there's a point i mean i think nick you 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 you're at a very data centric firm and you um 
you know, you, you, you said still there's, you know, you can have that outlook and attitude, but you still find, come up, up against frustrations. Um, mm. Paul, you know, do you have, do you have something that keeps you going, you know, a, a, an approach that, that when you do hit a roadblock or a, a problem, a data problem, how do you go about overcoming it? You know? Um, in, in terms of a data problem, I think it's education with the clients. You know, we, we're, the way I've set my firm up is that it is, they're all online. So from that respect, I don't have any legacy issues at all. Um, so it's about education. If we're not educating the client right, we're going to get the data right, wrong. Um, so we need that continual input. We can log on to their online accounts. We can amend things. We can then educate the client. And I think that, for me, that, that is absolutely key um, from that respect. I think that's that's a really interesting observation. And it, 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 Paul has had the, the sense to actually decide on what clients he wants before he starts the practice. Absolutely. And so, therefore, he can provide the service that suits those clients. Whereas, obviously, most of the pra most practices um, have a, a, a range of different types of clients who don't conform to one particular model. And that undoubtedly makes it much harder uh, to put um, systemized um, data management um, processes in place. And also, I think with education comes a little bit of transparency mm. because actually you're trying to um, inform the client why you're uh, encouraging them to use certain technologies. But actually, they want to understand why. And if you explain, actually, as accountants, we do more than just take a trial balance and put through a piece of software. Yeah. We review the data. We have, let's say, quality controls. It's been our nature to try and get things right. And therefore, we need to actually spend time on the records to actually give you the right level of service. And the thing is, if you want to work with us in an efficient manner, we need to ensure that we're receiving the data in a clean way, which we can work with. And this is why it's ensuring or encouraging the client to better understand the processes which we go through as accountants to do the, the primary job, which is to set up accounts and a tax return. Yeah, and I think that choosing the client as well, that's quite interesting what you're saying, saying there. Um, we completely looked at our onboarding process, and I think we've got a 56-stage um, regimented onboarding process that I don't actually see a client until I think after about the sixth stage. So they go for an interview um, technique, which, which my um, our practice manager deals with, and, and, and that just gets the right client for us. I, uh, I think you made quite a good point. That, you know, I was saying, you know, what's it going to ta take to build a data culture in... To the profession and then you know you've got the culture but you still got the practical steps and I think one of the practical steps you just flagged up Chris is, is actually the data culture you know actually it's got to be embedded in the client businesses too yeah. um, you know fortunately maybe making tax digital is helping to, to institute that you know but I think there's still a way to go. You know, we, we're, we're we're in mid we're in mid process, aren't we? Only just starting off, really. Because yeah. um, it, even though we've been talking about MTD for feels forever, and it kicked off the beginning of April, it's, it's only really been the last couple of months where actually the activities come up to a speed where actually people are feeling, yeah, MTD is changing how accountancy and business owners are working. But going back to the point in terms of actually trying to get the clients more engaged with that sort of digital culture, um, the challenge is, especially for the majority of our listeners, is the fact that it's quite a lonely world. If you've only got a couple of employees in your practice, you haven't really got spare capacity to actually invest time with your clients and actually go through the processes. And also, more importantly, what does good look like? Because we're so busy, actually working through the software or the services, understanding what the good points, the bad points, the cost, etc. It all takes time. And this is the biggest problem with, let's say, the digitization of whether it's accountancy or businesses themselves. It's actually ensuring you're providing the right type of guidance and advice. 
because the thing is, if you provide the right, the wrong solution to them, your client will remember you for that wrong solution. Absolutely. And how will that feel in a couple of years' time? So, like everything, being risk adverse, are we actually delivering the right advice, the right service which they should be using? Okay, now there's a couple of questions we got left off, and they were a little bit beyond our remit. You know, we were all about kind of core reporting and and using that as a platform for for advice and you know potentially with dashboards and 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 up, you know imme- you know self serve immediate data data presentations. But uh, it was Patrick who came through Patrick and uh, Francis between them. Uh, Patrick wanted to know all about, um, was looking for tools to do model businesses for different kinds of business and and i guess if you're you know and and the um francis's question was all about asking about tools for forecasting and i think they very much go together as you were explaining chris that that you can maybe forecast against financials but the business driver could be your your, your actual what you're selling and and, and you've got a forecast on sales by product line and and territory and the like um so, you know, have you got answers for those things? What kinds of tools, you know, do, do both of you, are getting, either of you get involved in any business modelling work and forecasting in that way? And, and I think that we, we do get involved with it. Um, we try and narrow it down to some specific industries. Um, we do a lot of work in the building industry um, and also in the um, hospitality sort of restaurant trade. So we understand what they require and we do try and do some, you know, stuff i.e. sort of bums on seats, uh, how many covers are taken, etc. Um, so we do try and help the client with that type of modelling there. Um, if it goes beyond something that we're not oversure of the industry, then we would do the research and, and, and build that in. But we, we do have some specific areas that we really concentrate on. And uh, do, do you go follow that through two forecasts, working on forecasts with them? Yeah, absolutely. I think forecasting is um, is almost, almost pretty essential now. The problem is, I don't think there's a product out there yet, although Chris has alluded to one that's, uh, that's coming out at the moment, um, that gives us the tools to really forecast properly. You're 12 months ahead, great. Going beyond that is, is still at the moment, in my opinion, a bit of a challenge. Um, I mean, we, we do limited forecasting, as we, sh- we showed in the main uh, webcast, but uh, that's mainly for discussion with clients. Getting into more sort of modelling of the business <coughs> to improper forecasting, um, I really see that as being the direction that we're heading in as advisors. Yeah. And um, be, uh, as the systems get better for having live information about what uh, is going on with businesses and then feeding that into forecasts, giving useful future management information, uh, then that's when we're able to give much better advice. But at this point in time, I don't think we've quite got enough functionality to do that. I mean, Chris, you give us a view. Or have, you, you know, have you guys, what tools are you using or were you curious about looking into? Well, I think also just going on the whole theme of forecasting is one of the challenges I always faced um, in the past was actually the starting position, the opening balance sheet, mm. and actually try and sort of nail some timely managed information and then also managing the expectation of when this forecast should happen. There's always been a challenge. That's, it's that sort of grey area between reality, that starting point, and what the forecast is going to look like. But also, when you're looking at forecasting, I always think you should never actually be working toward a year-end because you get nine months towards the year end and how's the performance going, but actually you should be looking beyond it. And therefore the whole approach of doing 12 month rolling forecasts is key to actually adding real value to the client relationship, which means then what tools do you use? And yes, a lot of people will fall back to good old Excel, 
But the trouble with Excel, if you're the creator of that spreadsheet, fine, you may understand the workings, but as soon as you start sharing it, there are a lot of issues, a lot of things can go wrong. Trying to do what if scenarios are a real challenge, and this is where the whole the whole benefit of using proper software assists. And I think we've all used things like Wind Forecast and Spotlight and Futurely in in let's say previous lives. But it's always been that challenge of actually bringing together the numbers, the actuals, forecasting in terms of budgeting and the engineering, but also combining the pretty pictures. Because I always used to drop my forecast information out into an Excel spreadsheet and actually show a graphical format of how the numbers actually interact with the actuals. Um, so in terms of alluding to what I think out in the market, which I think actually sort of ticks most of those boxes, it's Castaway as a solution. So it's the P&L balance sheet through a forecast, be able to drag in actual information from softwares and as well as spreadsheets, but more importantly, spin up that forecast quickly and effectively and do that additional reporting. Okay, well, I hope that helps uh, helps you, Patrick, and anyone else in the market for forecasting. And you know, just says, uh, you know, the future is endless. We, you know, we could probably roll this uh, podcast and topic up and come on back next year and see what our progress is against our benchmark. Uh, but guys, you've been brilliant uh, on screen and in the podcast. I'd like to thank you again, and uh, good luck to those of you nominated in Accounting Excellence Awards this year. Uh, good luck. Thank you, everyone, for taking part in. This, this month's edition, and thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time on Accounting Excellence.